Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Back again, Dave, for episode 44 of Plastic Model Mojo. And as our listeners are fully aware at this point, this is our last episode to be dropped before we travel to Las Vegas to the IPMS National Convention. And that's kind of what this episode is going to be about here and there. I cannot wait, man. I'm telling you what. First of all, did you ever think we'd make 44 episodes? Second of all, did you ever think we'd see a national contest again after 2020? I'm telling you what. I've just... I'm about a, I'm about as happy as a pig in slop, man. I'd hoped we'd get to 44. The, the, na- the national show's kind of been a wild card, I guess. I figured we'd have one eventually. And uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Well, other than that, which I'm sure it is in your model sphere, what else you got going on in your model sphere outside of uh, what's going on on the workbench? Well, uh, if, for folks who not only listen, but take a look at our Facebook page, they'll know that uh, uh, I spent the last week uh, celebrating my 60th birthday down on the Florida Gulf Coast. And of course, uh, you know, it's nice to be there and Lord knows it was a wonderful time, but it's kind of hard to model when you're when you're on vacation in a condo. But I did do modeling adjacent things. Yes, you uh, did. I got some model reading done. Uh, for me, you know, for me, a successful vacation is if I get two or three books read, because I really like that and don't get enough time to do it. So I accomplished that. And in addition, I got to meet one of our uh, listeners who lives in the Panama City Beach area, uh, who is very accommodating and uh uh, got to got to meet and got to talk and uh, uh, reinforced the fact that the folks, our listeners, are some of the really nicest modelers and nicest people on the planet. And sitting down with a modeler to talk models is the same no matter where you are. It was fantastic. So my model sphere wasn't concentrating as much on actual modeling, but I did a lot of modeling adjacent stuff. You gonna assign a name to that, or I don't know. I don't know. That's a great modeling. A J. No, the listener you talked to. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mark Sprayberry. I was going to mention him at the end, but we well, still, still can. I will. Yes, but Mar- Mark was very, very nice person and uh, uh, was very accommodating to come over to where I was located to. Uh, meet with me in, in a coffee shop, and we sat there for over an hour, just absolutely. It's, again, modelers everywhere are generally the same. You get them together, you start talking models, and the next thing you know, an hour has passed. All right, we well, can save the rest for, I for will. shout-outs. I will. So how about you? What's your model sphere look like? Uh, I'm, it's... I've thought a lot about uh, how rabbit holes happen and that sort of thing. And, and I've got a couple of temptations here that have popped up this week in my quest for what to start next besides this Musaru Cup build. 
or in addition to that. And uh, how this came about was uh, my mother-in-law is, is has her house up for sale and she's going to be downsizing and she needed to have the garage cleaned out. So my wife went out to Louisville or well, Southern Indiana to help her out with that. And over the years, uh, she's got a lot of photographs, you know, multi-generational. They've, they got, yeah. my wife's parents got all this ended up in their garage and in their attic and in their closets, just tons of it. Every time I go out to the beer fridge that they're during 4th of July, I'd, take a peek in the boxes and that is that they were all full of pictures. Well, this last hurrah of digging through those and finding out what's worth keeping and what maybe not, uh, two, two treasure troves were found and some of it's just unbelievable. Um, the, the first one was, uh, from her late uncle Thomas who, who passed away a few years back. Uh, Thomas was a, a Vietnam veteran who's at Fort Campbell 101st. Yeah. Uh, he was in 101st, but in their air mobile, you know, helicopter infantry. Right. Uh, with 101st in Vietnam and uh, was a double bronze star winner on Hamburger Hill. Uh, a very intelligent man. We miss him greatly. Uh, he was just a lot of fun to talk to, really into music and, and pop culture across decades and, and just was a lot of fun. We miss him. But anyway, uh, we ran across a bunch of service pictures, Polaroids, in fact. Very early Polaroids. This is 1969 uh, of Thomas in Vietnam, and there's just a lot of really cool pictures. They're not all of Thomas, but I, I shared one. I'll share it uh, on the Facebook page eventually. But uh, it was Thomas standing in front of a an M48 tank, yes. tricked and, uh, out M48, tricked out M48 for the for the theater. You know, they had the machine gun mounted up high, and they had a had a canopy over the cupola. Or umbrella or parasol umbrella. or something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, that got me looking at M48s just to try <laughs> to figure out what it was. I've never yeah. had any interest before. Now I'm trying to, trying to keep it that way, I guess. But <laughs> that, that, that'd be a cool project. Oh, that would be awesome. And there are a lot of good Vietnam figures out there. Oh, yeah. And, and the second one was uh, from her, her late grandfather who, who passed away long before I even knew Robin. Her her grandfather on her mother's side was a uh, in the field artillery in World War II, a glider-borne field artillery with the 18th Airborne Corps, who mm-hmm. was uh, also attached to the 101st. I, I, don't, I don't remember the complete makeup of the 18th Corps, but uh, yeah. anyway, um, I, another picture I shared with you, it was one of their artillery spotters, airborne artillery spotters, pilot, uh, standing in front of a, a nickname Piper, Piper Cub, right? Yeah, L4 Grasshopper. L4 Grasshopper. And uh, that got me looking. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of kits in 72nd scale. And there's a 30, 35th scale kit from Bronco. That's what I was going to tell you. There is a 35th scale L4 kit that would work really well for you in that. You could you could put a Jeep by it. I mean, you know, there's there there is there's things to be done, I'm telling you. And the, and the photographs you shared... There, you know what? I I wonder how much of those we're losing because when people pass away, you know, people go through and and clear out and throw away. There's so much historical photographic evidence that I fear that we'll we'll never see and we'll lose to history. And that makes me sad because, man, those are some, even the most ordinary mundane photographs are just, there's some extraordinary stuff in them. 
So, uh, yeah, I can't. You do need to share those to the Facebook page because they're they're really cool. Well, I may take them to the Nats because uh, if Mr. Barracuda Cows is out there, um, I think he is. He's got a L four set in seventy second scale already. Yeah, and this would be a possible one to do in a future set if if that one sells enough that he'd justify making another another series of decals for uh, for the uh, L four. Roy's a good guy. You'll he he definitely will talk with you about it. And I think somebody just announced a new L four and seventy second scale, if I'm not mistaken. Sometime recently. We'll so. have to look have to look into that. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for my model sphere, but it was pretty fun uh since the last episode. Some fun things to look through and uh, to ponder. Yeah, absolutely. Now this wouldn't be an episode of uh, Plastic Model Mojo if there weren't some modeling fluid involved. Mike, what's your modeling fluid tonight? Uh, I picked up another bottle of Old Forester 1920 uh, last week. You've, you've fallen in love with that, haven't you? Well, no, because it's expensive date. <laughs> hey, she may be easy, but she's not cheap. I guess. <laughs> it's good. I, I, I grabbed the bullet. Well, I grabbed it. I put it back. Grabbed a bullet. Took two steps, turned around, put the bullet back, and got this. I hadn't had one in a while, so it's good. I need to you, you, not you drink need it all to, so fast. Well, you need to keep it, an eye out for it because it goes on sale occasionally. And and if you keep an eye out on it, you can pick it up for a little bit less if uh, if it goes on, on sale. So, But it's good stuff. There's no doubt. But from their Old Forester's Whiskey Row lineup, there's like three or four, three, I think. Uh, I really highly recommend the, the 1920. It's it's really have, good. Have you had the Statesman? I, I Yeah, I've had that. I enjoyed the Statesman when I drank it. I, I really enjoyed that one. I don't think I've had the 1920. Well, you warned me. What do you, what do you got going on? Well, um, I'm drinking a, uh, a cocktail. I'm drinking a Cuba Libre. Which is, of course, a rum and coke. And, you know, I've been down on the beach for, for almost a week. And when you're down at the beach, you're drinking, you know, tropical drinks and all. And Cuba Libre qualifies. Um, I'm thinking Nacho Libre. Yeah, Nacho Libre is completely different. <laughs> um, but the Cuba Libre, rum and coke. And just like with bourbon, if you're, if you're mixing bourbon as a mixer rather than drinking straight, you don't want to use high quality bourbon. The same thing applies with a mixed rum drink. If you're using rum as a mixer, the quality of the rum is not that important. I'm using Barton rum. Uh, you know, a bottom shelf comes in a plastic bottle rum. But, oh, Dave. But when you mix it, it, you could, honest to God, I could I could mix up one of these, and I could mix up one with some of the higher end rums, and I swear you wouldn't be able to tell the difference because the Coke taste dominates. Well, we'll let it slide this time. Thank you, I appreciate that. What we won't let slide is a big stack of listener mail. Good, good. I was, I was, I was surprised. Well, I'm telling you what, having having met with one of our listeners in person. You know, I can't wait to hear the listener mail. Well, first up, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. Uh, both uh, Ray LeGrant out of Ware, Massachusetts, and Eric Simmelmayer out of uh, Belmont, 
California. <laughs> Both uh, picked up on my music reference from the last episode. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes, it was uh, David Bowie's Suffragette City. Well, you, you, you'd have been sad if nobody caught that. Oh, those these emails came in like the drop the drop day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got a long one from uh, David Fuller. And David Fuller is from, you're going to like this, Indian Head, Maryland. Oh, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. Okay, my for the listeners who don't know, my wife's entire family is from Indian Head, Maryland, which is a super, super tiny town on the Potomac River, on the Mar- uh, on the Maryland side of the Potomac River. So the fact that they, we have, actually have a listener, uh, if you're out there and listening, if you drive by Nine Pine Street, Nine Pine Street was my wife's family home. It just recently been sold as the as her mom and and dad passed away. But uh, yeah, no, my wife's whole family's from up there. Well, Dave is a aeronautical engineer, as I said, from Indian Head, Maryland, and uh, he's in the same club as all the Model Geeks guys. So gotcha. So I guess that's yeah. how he got into listening to podcasts is they nudged him on and uh, he got into us too. So he sent Good. us a nice, nice email. It's kind of long. I'm going to pick some of the high points here. Okay. Uh, one, he says he doesn't drink alcohol, which is fine. That's not yep. a rule for Plastic Model Mojo. Modeling fluid does not have to be alcoholic. That is, you just, you you have to have a modeling fluid. It does not have to be alcohol-based. Well, his is a good root beer or a large mug of hot chocolate in the wintertime. So. Oh, hot chocolate's a great one in the wintertime. Uh, the ones I've highlighted are his uh, blunders and goose. <laughs> <laughs> he's going through the back catalog. So oh, kinda, okay. He, he kind of bulletized a bunch of uh, references to uh, things we'd said in the past. Uh, CA and exothermic reactions. Yeah. Oh, that that's a bear. <laughs> well, he's got an excuse because he's a lot younger when he did this to himself than you were. Yeah, I have no excuse. I just did not. I, I I had no clue that that amount of heat was released when Zip Kicker hit super glue. Well, he had to, this is on the back side of his hand, so ooh, that's that's kind of tender. Yep, yep. Uh, he said he'd never heard of an exothermic reaction at that point in his life, and I bet <laughs> when he finally heard about it in chemistry, he's like, "Oh, I know all about that." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I know what one of those is. <laughs> Uh, and you know, Dave, this other one's a lot like one of yours as well. Uh-oh. Uh, he's a right-handed person, but for some reason, he's always worn his watch on his dominant hand. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so one night while airbrushing with his gravity-fed Iwata, he decided to check the time while holding the airbrush. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. That's, that is so much comp- – that's so similar to me sitting there with an airbrush and looking and seeing that there's paint left in the cup and saying, Oh, well, I'll just stick it in the in the in the bottle and return it out. I mean, you 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 look at it later and you go, What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> well, he said he didn't miss he missed the model, luckily, but he did ruin a good pair of pants. <laughs> uh, first, did. first rule, do not model in a good pair of pants. I do not model in any clothing that I am not willing to sacrifice. That's probably a good plan. I tend tend to lean the same way. Models we need. We've we've touched on that every I, we do that in the New Year's, don't we? Yeah. Uh a new tool, 72nd skill, SR71 Blackbird family. Now I think somebody just uh Yes. 
Some well, no. Somebody announced a U two. I don't know if somebody announced a new SR seventy one, but it did. would be it would be nice to have a new tool SR seventy one and a seventy second scale F seven F Tiger Cat. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we'll ever. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that because Lord knows we're we're getting models of the of the fairy fruit bat and other things that you know doodles on on German beer napkins. So I guess it's possible. But yeah, the old venerable monogram kit really could do with a with a replacement. Modeling pet peeves. Uh oh. Uh, small parts attached to large sprue gates. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that you know what that has been. I keep saying we're in the golden age of modeling. One of the big improvements with tooling has been the fact that the the finesse of sprue gates has gotten so much better than than it was so so now you don't see that as often where you have this gigantic sprue gate and this really tiny little part i tell you somewhere i've seen it that surprised me that given the rave that these kits keep getting uh this musaru cup gundam kit i've got this high grade bandai kit has got some pretty uh Pretty hefty sprue gates for what they're molding, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Really? Now they're not they're not like short run kit, you know, bad, but right. They're they're not state of the art. Huh. Now now the tooling, every in every other regard maybe, but the sprue gates are kind of on the on the heavy side, in my opinion. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if there's an explanation, an engineering explanation for that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Maybe some listener knows. Maybe the rate they're pumping those things out. Yeah, well, that may be true, too, because apparently those things are fly-off-the-shelf popular. I mean, Bandai's, that's that's uh, a, a big portion of their business. And finally, from his email, he enjoys the episodes with Dr. Strangebrush, but he'd like to hear him talk more about spraying enamels instead of acrylics sometime. He's a diehard model master paint guy <laughs> well good luck with that i hope you've got a big supply laid in uh do- definitely dr strange strange brush will uh in the near future be talking and answering questions and that's one we'll we'll get him to talk about because i'm an enamel guy too news at 11 absolutely <laughs> mark copeland from twin cities area of minnesota minneapolis st paul area uh, he's been modeling uh, since he was 16, 1977. He's a little older than me. Yeah. Uh, he let his IPMS membership slide, but he recently re-upped a couple of weeks ago thanks to your masterful sell job. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, we've we've uh, I forwarded this to you earlier. The, the, the big thing coming out of this listener mail is uh, he's big buddies with your, uh, your idol there, Steve Husted. Yes. Yes. And uh, – he suggested that Steve may be a good person to have on the show, and we all agree. Yeah, well, I am looking forward to that, Mister Hustad. Hustad, because <laughs> he he corrected my pronunciation, and I appreciate that. Uh, Mister Hustad uh, just does some amazing stuff. I mean, he really does, and I can't wait to interview him and talk with him and and pick his brain about some of the things he does well he and mark are working on a couple of younger's 88s yes the a1 and the a4 look for that in the future once we get nationals under our belts we'll start scheduling some of these uh 
up and coming guests and uh we'll get Mr. Hustad on the show. Hey hey Mike, if I mentioned I'm looking forward to the Nationals probably twice already in this episode, Dave. Good, cuz I am. Up next is Mr. Rob Booth and Rob is the president of the Texas Hill Country Scale Modelers out of uh Ingram, Texas. Okay. Per- Maybe there's a bigger city attached to that. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look Ingram up. Sorry if it's huge. I don't know. <laughs> he right. is lo- he is looking forward to meeting us in Vegas. And he says, Dave, hopefully Lynn and John and I will be serving you on the National E-Board next year. <laughs> well, you, you have my deep sympathy if that turns out to be the case. Ingram, by the way, is in Kerr County, Texas. Okay. That didn't, that didn't help me at all, Dave. Uh, it's northwest of San Antonio, okay. and they ha- and the important thing they have a Whataburger. He says he's bringing us some high dollar Texas modeling fluid. Oh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And everything's bigger in Texas, so that's that's right, man. Looking forward to that. So he says, see us in a couple of weeks. Well, thank you, Rob. We will look forward to that. Come by the table. Yes, please, everybody who's listening, listen. We're going to be at the table. Come by, say hi. We want to interact in, you know, I want to see people's faces and put faces to names. And, uh, you know, so many of you reach out with emails and other stuff and DMs and all. Please, if you're at the Nationals and you listen, come by and at least say hi. Up next is uh, is Mike Stucker, also from Texas. Uh, All right. Yeehaw. Somewhere in the College Station area. And uh, he gets a few kudos. We we appreciate that, Mike. Certainly. Absolutely. Certainly appreciate that. One thing he wants us to mention is uh, an upcoming modeling show held at the American Museum of the American GI in College Station, Texas. It's a unique show because it's not affiliated uh, with any specific club or organization. The organizers have dubbed themselves the Texas Independent Military Modelers and they're members of various IPMS and AMPS chapters around that area. And uh, their show's called Winter Blitz. Ah. And it's, uh, let me get this URL right, winter-blitz.com. You can go there and and uh, check out all the show information if you're in that area of Texas. Winter Blitz 2022, uh, January 22nd, 2022. Wow. You know, you don't see many contests in January. Well, you can do that in Texas. Yeah, I guess you can. You're right. <laughs> in, in in Ohio or Kentucky or Indiana, you probably can't do that. That's true. So January 22nd of next year, early next year, uh, at the Museum of the American GI in College Station, Texas, you can attend the Winter Blitz uh, Scale Model Show. Sounds great. Thanks for the info there, Mike. And I want to also... We've got an email from uh, a Chris Wesley. Chris, uh, well, he's the uh, IPMS current president of IPMS Livonia. Been to their show before, many, many, many years ago. Well, he he is. We asked for, or you did actually, for me, I guess. Um, a lot of his backstory and et cetera around uh, Gundam and the the, uh, the anime or the TV or whatever the, the right whatever the IP is on the Gundam that you got. He sent an email in that regard, and it's got like four links in it. So we're going to have to check that out. Yes, because to be honest with you, I would like to watch at least a little bit of whatever this thing comes from just to familiarize myself with it 
Oh, yeah. Well, we'll post those in the show notes and uh, everybody can follow along. Yeah. Although I, I tell you, the my, my greatest idea for you building that Gundam is to paint it UPS brown and put UPS logos all over it. <laughs> There's an idea. I don't know if yeah. I like that one or not. But uh, uh, listener Brian Latour, uh, he's up in the auto a- area with uh, Ian and all those guys. Yeah. And uh, he sent some uh, comments about, I guess, the discussion on, on the podcast length and format that we had. Last yeah. episode that I replied to on air last episode first because the Facebook uh, right. thread had got gotten shut down before I got a chance to comment. Uh, Brian, we we appreciate your comments. I tell you, thanks for the insight. But from all the all the backside uh, chatter on this uh, through various channels, we talked to other modelers on and the email we've gotten. <laughs> there's as many opinions as there are podcasts on how long they should be and, and, <laughs> and what they should consist of. So luckily yeah. we've got six now and uh, they kind of run the gamut of that spectrum. So everybody can get exactly what they want or almost. Yep. And uh, absolutely. And uh, which gets to the next email from uh, also from Canada, uh, Danny St. Laurent or Saint Laurent from Quebec, Quebec city. Uh, he's written in quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, again, this one's on uh on the, on the podcast link, he says, first, all, first off, or first of all, a listener can do whatever they want. You can turn it off halfway through, listen to the whole thing. Sure. Whatever, right? Yep. And, and second, uh, you and I, along with all the other model podcasters, are, he says, are true passionates and volunteers uh, who are doing this uh, out of their free time and uh, bringing all the scale modelers joy and more to our community. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, I, you know, and and truly, there are, there are enough podcasts out there, and and people listen to. Hopefully, you listen to all of them, and hopefully, the format, the style, and the length that we do is something that you like. But there, you know, there is the ability to fast forward, to slow it down, to to do all sorts of stuff. So I think the the community's big enough that we can fill all the niches. Well, that's I think that's kind of what we're doing, and uh, we appreciate all the feedback. And uh, it was an interesting discussion, but uh, we probably get ought to get on to some of those other things we like to talk about. Absolutely. And in that regard, Dave, that's all for listener mail. So let's get on with the show. Fantastic. Now, uh, uh, those of you who are regular listeners know that uh, what's coming up is uh, my standard uh, plug for asking you for a to take and, and go and rate this podcast when you're done listening to it on whatever podcasting app or platform you listen on. Please give us five stars. And also, if you would... If you know somebody who's a modeler, and we all do, I mean, there are very few completely isolated modelers, but if there is somebody, you know, you've got a, a modeling buddy who's not listening to the podcast, turn them on to it. We'd appreciate it. That is the single way, single best way for us to grow the podcast. So if you would, tell a friend, and we'd appreciate it. And while you're doing that, you can check out all these other podcasts we've been talking about here in the listener mail segment uh, by going to modelpodcasts.com. There you'll find links to all the other podcasts. I'm going to single one out again this episode. Uh, the latest on the bench, they were talking about how it's okay to be an average modeler. And I thought it was a really good, uh, really good segment. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, there's one one thing they they didn't touch on that, that I'd like to touch on, and it's kind of on the same vein of 
average modelers or I, even that, even even those who are above average trying to attain certain heights. And I would go as far to say, now, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. I could be right. That once you get to a certain level or once you're putting output out there at a certain level, uh, you there's a line I, I feel, in my opinion, gets crossed. It, it, you get into this whole left brain, right brain situation where uh, I think some of those people who are really at the top of this hobby are possibly have a left brain dominant component on par with uh, musicians and uh, classical artists. I, I completely agree with you, Mike. Um, I, you know, we can all, I think we can all do the, you know, try the techniques, work to perfect the techniques, uh, uh, you know, work to improve our game. But once you get up to the top air, the top of the modeling game, I think it is in many respects innate talent. And I will confess it's innate talent that I don't have, but that doesn't detract from my joy in modeling. But yes, I think that at the, at the top level, there is a huge artistic innate talent that comes through that I could try for a thousand years and never, never be able to, to get that simply because I don't have that, whatever that thing is. That thing can't be taught. No, I agree with you. That thing can't be taught. So that's, that's my addition to their conversation that the the big takeaway though, is, is to not be discouraged by that. Cause I certainly was at a point where I kind of got discouraged by that, but uh, uh, I found my game again and uh, it's a little different now. And yep. model for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Ha- again, this is not work. If it becomes work, you're doing it wrong. You know, have fun. This is what we do to relax and enjoy and share with our, our modeling friends. So have fun and, and be happy when you when you do something better than you thought you could. So it was a good segment. So Dave, yes. Ian, and Julian, uh, that that was an enjoyable one. I like that one a lot. So keep it up. Absolutely. Now, in addition to all these podcasts, you need to check out our blog and YouTube friends out there in cyberspace. We got Chris Wallace and his model airplane maker blog and YouTube channel. Yes, he did a new YouTube. Go watch it. Uh, Stephen Lee with Sprue Pies and Freds. He's always got something interesting to say in the model sphere. Yes, he does. Jeff Groves, the inside guy. He's still kicking out the 72nd scale stuff. Man, he's cranking away at it. <laughs> and our good friend Jim Bates, who we'll hopefully get to see in Las Vegas and his scale Canadian TV. Oh, he is definitely coming to Las Vegas because he's got some stuff for me and I've got some stuff for him. So uh, we we will see him. He'll have some mic time at the table, too. Absolutely. And we're going to try and get him to to do an episode of a scale Canadian TV while he's in Vegas. We'll right. see how that works. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all my plugs. All right. Uh, finally, as you heard, people are listening. They're rejoining IPMS or joining IPMS USA if they have, have, have never been a member or if they've let their membership lapse. If you are not a member of your uh, IPMS National in whatever country, either IPMS Canada or IPMS USA. If you're not a member, join. 
the organization does a lot. A lot of it is behind the scenes that you never see, but there are benefits you can see, such as the the modeling magazines, IPMS USA and IPMS Canada put out two of the best modeling magazines you'll ever read. It also helps organize national and regional contests. So please take a minute. If you're not a member, join your IPMS national organization. Well, Dave, normally we'd take a little time here to have a word from our sponsor, and that's what we're going to do, but uh, it's going to be quite literal this time. Joining us this evening is uh, John Miller, Dr. Strange Rush himself from Model Paint Solutions. How you doing, John? Hey, howdy. Doing fine. How about yourself? Uh, not bad. Getting ready for this big show out in Las Vegas, and uh, we heard you may be doing a little seminar talk, and we'd like to get the uh, the listeners a little front-end information about that so they can come check you out if they want to. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'll be giving uh, uh, presentations Thursday and Sunday, um, and uh, both will Sunday? be uh, about 40. Sorry, was it Saturday? Is it 22nd? It, it's it's got to be Saturday because there, there's yeah. no convention on Sunday. Well, I think it was, it was being held special for me, David. Oh, okay. I understand. And you know what? I'll be honest yeah. with you. I would stay around yeah. Sunday for a Dr. Strange Brust demonstration. All right. Let's try that again. So anyway, I'll be giving um, talks Thursday and Saturday, uh, about 45 minutes each. And uh, what I try to do on these talks is to kind of cobble together um, pieces from multiple presentations I've made here at um, you know Seattle groups and previous NATS as well. And put together something that um, I'm calling uh, Airbrushing 101 to 909 with the idea that uh, we'll start uh, as though uh, you're building a model, be it a tank or aircraft. And in addition to covering some of the basic ideas of airbrushing, like, you know, don't run the airbrush dry and how to clean it with three soaks and this kind of stuff. We'll also cover as though you're starting the model from scratch and your first step is going to be primer. So we'll discuss brands and the type or size nozzle you might want to use for, for this application, dilutions that would be appropriate, dry versus wet coat application. We'll move from that to uh, after prepping for primer and shooting primer, we'll move on to considerations of the primary paint coat and, you know, brands and tips, dilutions there. Um, we'll also segue into if you're doing a camo like a Spitfire that's, you know, a two, a two color, or if you're even doing something, you know, like a 109 or a 190 with modeling, we'll get into some of the secondary tertiary uh, colors that you would be, you would be adding to your scheme. Then from that, we'll segue to clear coats preparatory to decaling. And if things go well and I have sufficient time, um, I've gotten a lot of emails and questions from guys about decaling. It's, it's, it's of course, a pretty hot subject. Um, and it's, it's actually a, a technique that I've spent a lot of time with over the years being an aircraft guy. And I'm going to try to uh, throw in a, a, a maybe four or five minutes on decaling and just some suggestions there to get the, get them stuck down better and get that decal film dissolved so you can't see it. And then we'll get back to painting, and we'll talk about clear coats before and after you decal. And we'll end with considerations of that final finish coat, um, uh, whether it should be a satin, whether it should be a, 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 a matte, um, or whether indeed you want to go full flat, and I'll, I'll give some suggestions and considerations on that. So there it is, airbrushing 101 to 909. Well, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like you've taken your 
you know, I've attended some of your previous uh, seminars at the Nationals. It sounds like you've taken that and kind of taken it to the next level. Well, yeah, I, I'd like to think so, because um, what I did do is I went back to some of those previous presentations and kind of, you know, cherry picked uh, various uh, slides and text so that you could in one sitting go through because I haven't, haven't actually ever presented, uh, a, a, you know, a talk like that where you take a, a model and take it from primer all the way through painting to clear coats to final finish coat and just talk about the painting and airbrushing steps you're going to be having to think about if you're if you're doing this 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 model so anyway um hopefully it'll be helpful to some guys and they'll they'll be able to walk away with some some useful information 909 is there a music reference there you know i can't take credit at all for 101 to 909 it the credit solely belongs to eric christensen who is the president of our IPMS chapter. And I was giving a talk that's kind of similar to this, where I was kind of going going through various stages of painting a model. And he joked about, well, that's like airbrushing 101 to 909. And he and I are both big Beetle fans. So yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, one after 909. <laughs> I'll let it be. <laughs> exactly right. So, And I'm really looking forward to that film, by the way, but let's not get tangentized. Um, you know, the Peter... Uh, Peter uh, Peter Jackson, Jackson uh, review of Let It Be. Yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that. But anywho, um, yeah, 101 to 909, beginning through final finish coat and multiple steps in between. And let's nail those days down again. <laughs> yeah, Thursday and Saturday. Thursday and Saturday. And is it going to be the same presentation Thursday and, sa and Saturday so guys can pick and choose? I'm going to try to mix it up, and I really appreciate you asking that. I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit, and what I'll probably end up doing is putting more of a decal section into the Thursday session and then um, dwell a bit more on motling as, par as part of the, uh, you know, the multiple paint step process. Maybe dwell a, li a little bit more on fine line shooting and, and, and shooting uh, modeled camos on the uh, presentation on Saturday. So there is, you know, there won't be complete overlap between the two. All right. Sounds All right. See, it yeah. sounds like we got to attend both. I guess so. All right. Well, if you want the whole story, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, I do. Or we can have him. We can have him back on for a whole segment on decaling and clear coating. Yes, that, that sounds like uh, something <laughs> that would be great down the road a little. Well, that, speaking of down, speaking of down the road, um, if we're done talking about the seminar, you had the idea to solicit uh, listener questions for for our next segment with you, which will come up sometime after the nationals. Uh, yes. We'll get you back on. So, what are your thoughts on that? I think it'd be a great idea. Um, and, you know, my suggestion is if, if, if somebody has uh, a question or wants a technique um, discussed or described, they can either send an email to you guys and you can relay it to me or send it directly to me through the, 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 the site Model Paint Solutions. And, you know, say this question is for the Mojo podcast. I'd like to hear X, Y, Z. And, I'll collect all of the questions and, you know, see where there is overlap and try to come up with, uh, you know, the best set of questions that covers all the emails that we got. Sure. And I imagine sure. some of them could be grouped together and distilled down into a kind of a single topic. Exactly. That's why I want to see what we get. And then, you know, what one of the things that will probably come up because I get it a lot is decaling. It's it's okay. it's 
I get that at least three or four times a week. So, um, yeah, I think it would be good in addition to maybe doing a Q&A, as we're discussing, sometime down the road, if you guys want to devote a portion of a show to decaling, that would probably be pretty pretty handy for some, some folks. I, I think it would. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, in fact, if you'll talk to Mr. Bates, I believe he just went through a uh, decaling challenge, as they say. <laughs> Hmm, which one? There's so many to yeah, choose he, from. <laughs> he 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 ended up stripping a he had a decal disaster and ended up stripping a model all the way back to uh, base plastic. Uh, you can you can see him talk about it on his latest uh, uh, a scale Canadian TV episode thirty six, I think. G- Jim is becoming a ninth degree black belt paint stripper. <laughs> which isn't something that you as a modeler should aspire to, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, let's not kick Jim just because he's not here, but let's because it's fun to do. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's it, you know, I was telling Jim just today, we were texting about this and I said, Hey, everybody has a run of bad luck. I've, I've had models go South on me. I had a model go South on me about six months ago. It happens. It's, yeah. it's kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. So, um, you know, you, you figure out what you did wrong. You try not to do that again and you move on. Let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about what's going on at model paint solutions. Since we've, uh, we've going to stick this in instead of our normal ad for you. Um, what do you got going on at the business on the business end of what you got? So the first thing is finally, after much ado, we have the full line of AK, uh, real color paints on the site. Yeah. Um, we have all the, yeah, we have all the aircraft colors. We have all the AFV colors. We've got the extreme metallics. Um, in addition to that, we've got all three of the thinners that AK recommends for use with these, which would be the AK extreme, the AK nitro, nitrocellulose thinner, and the AK, AK high compatibility thinner. And we have all three of those thinners available on the site as well. Um, I'm in the process right now of putting the finishing touches on, on an article that describes or s- gives some suggestions on how to dilute and spray um, AK Real Color paints. Um, and uh, I tried all three of the thinners, uh, the Nitro, the uh, Extreme, and the High Compatibility, and assessed each thinner for its, its capacity to support fine line brushing when you know used as a diluent. Um, kind of overspray you get, the kind of finish you get. So you should be able to read through this article and decide, you know, what thinner would be appropriate for your application should you, you want to use the Real Colors paints, which in my estimation are some of the finest paints going. I can't wait to read that article because I'm I'm with you. Now, you know I'm an enamel guy, and I, I like enamels and will probably always spray them. But uh, the AK paints to me have been the AK real colors have been a revelation. And I will tell you that spraying them has been a joy. I mean, yep. they, they spray really, really well. Yep. They level amazingly well. Yes. That's the thing about them. They level like Gunze diluted to about 33% paint in Gunze leveling thinner. That's what yep. you get with the AK real colors. So one of the things I was going to say is if you like enamels, David, um, you might be surprised to, to, uh, to hear that uh, AK Real Color Paints will go into, or I should say you can use as a diluent, the old testers enamel thinner. Which is, which is great news, except that testers is no longer producing 
Chester's enamel thinner. No, it's not. But you can get you can get that you can get that model enamel thinner. You know, heck, uh, and I love that thinner. I know it dries really slow, but it yes. gives you wonderful fine line with very little tip dry. And yep. here's a paint that you can take into enamel based thinner for you know let's fine line work. And if you don't want to shoot it in that, you can shoot it into Maya X20 alcohol based thinner. Because it goes both ways with regards to, to, you know, to thinners. Here's the amazing thing. I, I set up a full range of experiments that I'm going to be um, giving the details of in these articles where I looked at miscibility or compatibility of all the AK thinners with um, the, uh, the broadest array of model paints that I have in my collection, which is a you know, pretty good array. And I was surprised to see that um, Alclad uh, lacquer metallics go into high compatibility thinner with no problem whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I would shoot. not Yeah, I would not have thought that. I would not have thought that either and when I did it, I saw the result. I actually did the tube again to make sure it wasn't a fluke. And just to make sure it w- it worked, I, you know, put it in a 0.2 tip and a, a evolution and shot some plastic card and it shoots beautifully. Now, now because it shoots nice and it does so without a lot of tip dry, it shot as well as if it was in a lacquer. That doesn't mean that if you bring Alclad or even the um, uh, AK Extreme Metallics, which also can be diluted with their high compatibility thinner, and they shoot beautifully in that. So the you know the smell goes down in your shot because the high compatibility smells more like denatured alcohol to this chemist's nose than than it does to lacquer, right? So it's You're not right. a very a very strong smell at all. So here's a way of shooting alclad lacquer in a thinner that doesn't you know stink the house up. But there's one caveat on this, and I can't speak to it. I've not tested it. You, I can't assume that the paint is going to have the same bite. If you suspend it in high compatibility is a hot lacquer thinner. So until, you know, until, you know, you you have to work that out for yourself at your bench. If you're not doing a lot of taping, you know, it may not be an issue. If you're going to be doing a lot of taping off, you may find that, you know, this metallic may not be best diluted with high compatibility, but it can be diluted with it and it shoots beautifully. We're breaking news here. That's it. That's interesting. And I, and I literally cannot wait to read those articles. So they're going to be posted on your website. I assume model paint solutions. They are. And in David, I know you like the Gunze uh, leveling or, or what did you call it? The uh, unicorn tears. tears. Yep. So AK kind of came up with their own version of unicorn tears in the form of a nitrocellulose based lacquer thinner. And the nitrocellulose lacquer acts as a leveling agent. And if you use their nitro-based thinner for things like gloss coats, you know, or, or shiny coats, you yeah. get even more leveling than you normally do with the AK Real Colors. And it just gives you an absolute wet finish when it's done. One more trick, not to talk your ears off, but one more trick that I'm hearing from, from, from guys that are using the AK paints is... After you shoot your, your, let's say you shoot a dry coat followed by a wet fill coat of your AK color. Let's say you're a car guy and you want that, you know, 10 foot deep gloss. After that coat is semi-dry, you can load up in your brush some of the nitro thinner and shoot that as a wet coat on top of your paint. It levels even more. 
Yeah, and it's you know it's an old trick that I saw when I was a kid. My stepfather actually used to paint cars as 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 you know one of the jobs he had, and uh, that was a trick he used to use for lacquer jobs. He would paint the you know paint the color, then he would go back over the car and shoot a layer of just straight lacquer thinner, and it would mobilize and move the paint. Things would level more, and you get a beautiful shiny finish. You can do that with AK Real Colors. All right. You got anything else you want to say about uh, model paint solutions before we, before we uh, part ways here until Vegas? Yeah, real quick. Um, uh, other new stuff on the site. I just added some new five mil screw cap tubes that have these really, really nice gradations on the side. And 25 tubes come in a rack. So you get a rack with the tubes and some instructions on how to use the gradations. And I've been meaning to put these tubes on the site for a while because the gradations are very, very, very fine. And you get a guide that takes you from 20 through 30, 40, 50, 60, 70%, you know, paint and how to mix those dilutions up using the gradations. Um, and, and lastly, um, for those folks on Instagram, Model Paint Solutions now has an Instagram page. Oh, wow. So if you're uh, bouncing around Instagram, just search Model Paint Solutions. And uh, good buddy Matt Matthew uh, has uh, uh, is an Instagram guru. And he and I got together on this P38 group build uh, contest that he put on his Instagram page. And uh, Model Paints uh, uh, provided prizes for the first, second, and third place winners. And uh, that led to a collaboration between he and I, which led to this, uh, the new Model Paint Solutions Instagram page. And we got new stuff going up all the time. So I, ass- I assume that was the Tamiya P38? That was the Tamiya P38. Um, his build article was up on my site last week. And then this week, we're going to be launching all of the group build pictures. There were 31 P38, Tamiya, P- Tamiya P38s that were entered. And we've got pictures of all the entries that will go up this week. Well, John, thanks for joining us for a, for a little, little little while here, and uh, we'll let you get back to Model Paint Solutions. It's a little earlier out there for you than us. <laughs> yeah, understood. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You All too. Right, man. You take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Dave, it's countdown to Vegas time, but we're going to change it. It is liftoff to Vegas time. Darn straight, man. Big Bird, take me, take me to Vegas. So at the time of this episode dropping, we will be five days away from the kickoff day of the IPMS National Convention in sunny, sweaty, hot, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And for this, for this, for this episode, we have show chairman Bob Lamasaro with us tonight to give us the last bit of details so we can all get ready to go and know what to expect. Bob, thanks for joining us again. Uh, Mike and Dave, thank you so much, guys. You guys are always uh, out there pitching. We can't wait to see you at the show. Thank you. I'm glad they were able to break you out of the asylum long enough to to come on the show and have a little talk. I'm on a medical leave, so as soon as I'm finished, I have to report back. and uh, <laughs> Put your jacket back on. <laughs> put my jacket back on and uh, get some heavy doses of medication. <laughs> That's the only way to run an IPMS national, man. Heavy doses of medication. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bob, it's gotten a little interesting since we talked last. Uh, What can our listeners expect uh, coming into the show here? Well, I'll tell you, uh, the excitement uh, is off the chart. Uh, We are looking at, so far, um, record, uh, and that's all the shows that I got on record, you know, dating back for as long back as uh, IPMS has been keeping them, we are looking at record-breaking pre-attend, uh, pre-registration 
we got over 680 people pre-registered and normal, you know, normally they tell you to double that at the door. And if that's the case, yep. you know, we're looking at, you know, 11 or 1200 attendees, registered attendees, and that's going to be a, a colossal show. And um, that's great to hear. Yeah. And if you times that, if you times that by the average, I mean, we're probably pacing somewhere in the area. We can expect to see somewhere in the area 4,000 models, which is, which is that, staggering. That would blow the doors off of every previous show. And, of course, first and foremost, this is about getting to see great models. So if, you, if, if it comes anywhere close to that, it will be an amazing show. Yeah, it's, um, it's shaping up. I mean, uh, you know, we get a lot of cooperation from the Rio and, uh, you know, naturally all my guys are now on auto drive. It's kind of like you're expecting company. You got a big dinner party within the next couple of days and you've been cooking and cleaning and you get down to the line and you've realized that you forgot your pants. And that's what it kind of feels like. <laughs> well, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure despite the nightmares you wake up with where you suddenly, you know, ha- have forgotten something major, I'm sure you've not forgot anything major and this thing's going to go off, uh, go off, go off just as planned. Well, we hope not. My guys that work on overtime, you know, like, you know, Joe Porsche, my right hand man, of course, um, you know, he's nonstop. He's at it with the vendors and he's been doing a phenomenal job. But, you know, the guys that are now swinging the bat are my registration guys, uh, Mike McCulloch and Ron O'Dell. Um, they have been working full time the last few weeks with all, you know, the final making the final preps to pre-registration, getting all the packages and whatnot in order. Um, and then, like we mentioned a moment ago, you know, with, with 4,000 plus models, um, you think I'm, you know, pulling my hair out of my head. My, my contest coordinators, Don Hayes and Jim Rizzo, they're going to be, I don't envy them. I think they got the hardest job, you know, out of the entire show so far when you got that many models on the table. And like you pointed out, the high level of quality models at the table. So, you know, they're doing a, they're doing a great job. Well, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, that is the key, by the way, to uh, any really successful nationals. Uh, ask Mike more about Chattanooga, and he will go on and on about his core team that, you know, the, sh- the show chairman's the guy out front and, uh, you know, the one with the most on the line and the one with the most work to do. But if you don't have that core team around you, you know, uh, that makes or breaks. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and I'm, we'd be here an hour if I had to name everybody that's really pitching in and working hard. You know, yesterday uh, we we were at we spent 11 hours in a in a conference room at a local hotel putting all the packages together and the books and you know the bags and uh, we, we had about 18 people there with wives and girlfriends. You know, so it really is it really is a team effort. And you couldn't name everybody. We'd be here forever. So we I I got a great bunch of guys. And now with the last few weeks coming up. They are really out there playing hard. Well, is, is there anyone you haven't mentioned so far that you would like to like to shout out and give some notor- notoriety to? Yeah, the guy that's been working behind the scenes is the guy that you'll all meet at the day of the show. And he's kind of the one that brings in the uh, the whipped cream on top of the show. And that's my raffle coordinator, um, Pete Boucher. Um, Pete's been working, you know, nonstop for the last year, reaching out to a lot of vendors. And quite frankly, a lot of these guys didn't know if they were coming or not. And uh, Pete has amassed a treasure cove uh, of, of uh, raffle prizes. 
that I think is just going to be mind boggling, you know, to anybody that comes up. And if you don't buy a ticket, you know, you got to be out of your mind. I mean, Pete's doing a great <laughs> job. Oh, um, listen, a, a great a great raffle can be the cherry on top of the Sunday of a great national. And, and that's why I said the whipped cream, because, you know, we're, we've been crunching numbers and we're hoping for a successful show. But, you know, that hidden that hidden secret behind it is the raffle guy. And uh, Pete, who's been my raffle coordinator for the regular Best of the West shows for a number of years, just always knocks the cover off the ball. So we're expecting some great things from him. And he's got anybody coming to the show. You're going to see raffle prizes that I think are just going to be over the top. Um, Just he's doing a great job. That's great. Um, So tell me, we all know that some of our overseas guests and overseas vendors aren't going to be able to make it this year due to restrictions in their own country as far as traveling, et cetera. But tell us about the vendor room. Well, you know, Joe Porsche is our uh, vendor coordinator, and and Joe is nonstop, has been working nonstop for the last year and a half. And, you know, through these conditions where we really didn't know what was going on with COVID closures and whatnot, you know, Joe is doing a job. Just It's just fantastic. And that he is filling in. You know, we've lost a few of our overseas people, you know, because they just can't get out or the restrictions, you know, on flight and vaccinations. Um, you know, we've lost a few like, you know, uh, Edward from you know Czech Republic. He was holding on to the very last minute and then just recently sent us a notice. But what Joe's been doing is that he's been managing to keep these to keep that room full. I mean, we've got 300 tables filled. Um, well, there's not going to be any like there'll be there'll be no empty spaces there. And I think, Good. you know, where we've lost a few people we would like to have seen. You know, Joe has managed to fill it up with people that we haven't seen yet, and I think are going to become, you know, uh, show favorites uh, moving forward. Well, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, uh, you know, I've been to the Rio before. I know what kind of place it is, a fantastic facility. What can people expect as far as the facility goes? You know, we've been working real close. The the gentleman's name is Bill Graves. Um, He's our... um, you know, a coordinator or liaison with the Rio. And he's just been a great guy. You know, uh, Las Vegas, like most cities, have been impacted by shortages of manpower. Um, You know, people that have not, for whatever reason, gone back to work. And, you know, we're no different. Uh, The Rio opened up, I think it was May 1st or April 1st, you know, after being closed for COVID. You know, and they've been stumbling a little bit, you know, with getting enough manpower to cover everything. Um, but, uh, I spoke to Bill just the other day and he's assured me that, you know, they brought in some extra people from some of the other hotels, you know, to fill in some spots. So we we're really not expecting anything dramatically different than we would have been otherwise with maybe the exception of some partial restaurant closings. Um, what they're doing for us, in fact, is that some of those restaurants will be opening specifically for our convention and, uh, or at least on the weekend so that we can cover you know, our people can have some place to go eat, but they've done a great job with very little changes. You know, like, you know, they're not, they're not doing room service any longer right now. And they're not changing, you know, housekeeping, they're not doing beds every other day. But, you know, when you think about what went went on in 2020 and those poor guys down in San Marcos, you know, I'd like to remind everybody that I think we're really, really lucky that we got a show at all this year. So um, I think everybody's just going to have to, you know, what minor inconveniences that may occur are going to be more than made up with a, with a great show and a lot of models, good people, you know, good vendors. And you're right, a great location. So uh, 
you know, we're pretty confident it's going to go off without a hitch at the Rio. They've been fantastic. We've got really some great rooms. They've actually increased the size of our banquet room, which we didn't contract for originally. Uh, they've increased the size of that so that we can space people out a little bit. They've been fantastic, and we're really excited and happy to have been working with them. That's great. You can already start planning for the next national that Las Vegas holds. <laughs> the next national, we've already started on the next national, and it's going to be in the year 2075. And <laughs> I volunteered to be chairman of that show as well, so I want everybody to stand by and get ready for that one. We'll send updates out accordingly. Yeah, are you going? Are you going to be a jar and a head, a head and a jar at that point for the twenty seventy five? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be a charred remains in a little glass box. <laughs> well, I, I want to say that when, when we started helping you out with the promotion, Bob, it was more than three hundred and sixty five days away. Maybe. I can't remember what it was. It was it was it wasn't four hundred, but it was it was three hundred and something yeah. more than it's three three ninety or three eighty. I cannot believe that we're both all here, you, Bob, Dave, and it's, God, it's two, less than two weeks away. You and me and, both. Uh, and, and it's, it's been a, a, a great fun for us. We've had a great segment uh, out of this for, for the better part, well, more than a year at this point. Thanks for, thanks for letting us help you out, I guess. Uh, I no, was, no, I want to say that. But thanks go to, go to, go to you and Dave, man. You guys have just been, just been fantastic. We're like, you're like old friends that I haven't met yet. And, and well, you're going to meet us soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've been loving our show from the very beginning, from the earliest days, like you've mentioned. And I think, you know, a lot of the attendance records that we're going to have, I think we're going to break some attendance records. You know, I think a lot of them is going to be thanks to you and Dave and a lot of the other guys on the other podcast that have really gotten a word out and have really plugged the show. And, you know, through dark days, uh, you guys have been a, you know, a positive light out there, you know, driving people. And I, and I thank you so much, you know, on behalf of my entire group, I want to thank you guys and all the other guys on podcast land. No, no, let us thank you. You're putting on a national. And after we all experienced a year where we didn't have one, uh, those of us who've attended nationals previously pretty regularly, it, it made an impression as to how, how much we missed it. So you know, you all are to the ones who took on the big risks to made the big effort. You know, uh, we we are in your debt, and believe me, I intend to buy you uh, a a modeling fluid of your choice to make it to to express my gratitude. Well, I'm going to accept your thanks uh, on behalf of my guys because they're the ones that are really now swinging the bat. So I do thank you for your you know your gratitude, and, and on behalf of my guys, and I know this sounds really corny, but this is the topic of conversation at every one of our board meetings and we meet regularly is that foremost and primary, we're really, really anxious to put on one hell of a show for our attendees. That's our number one priority. And so, I have no, have no doubt you will. Thank None you. whatsoever. And that's a great priority. Yeah. That's number one. I mean, and to, and to survive it and get through to Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second priority. You you need to talk to Mike Moore because on Monday Monday morning after the convention closes, you're going to get up and you're going to be like, "What am I? What am I supposed to do? What do I need to do?" Uh, now, you know, I, I figured now that I've been managing all this extra time, I was going to get three or four extra part time jobs 
and then volunteer on weekends because I'm not going to know what to do with myself. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you the one thing you can do is immediately reach out to the to the contest chairman of the Omaha show. Now they've done it a few times, so they're yeah. they're very familiar with it. But uh, I'm sure they're going to be welcoming of your input. Yeah, we hope to work with them closely. I know they have a lot more experience than we do. I'll tell you what we are. What I am personally looking forward to is that. Uh, and I've been in communication with a lot of the guys from IPMS and previous, you know, show chairman and a couple of guys that are anticipating being in show chairman. And we're I'm really looking forward to working with those guys to put down some guidelines and a how to book, so to speak, on how to really put on a national show and what to look for. So, you know, I kid around that, you know, come Sunday, my job is over with the show, but I'm really looking forward to working with, you know, a lot of great guys from IPMS. So that we can make future shows, you know, easier for those uh, those show chairmen. That 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 is a noble project, sir. Yeah, you learn a lot, you know. And we kid around, but it's incredible on how much you learn, you know, by by being thrust into it. And and you know, and I think IPMS is a fantastic group, and we've had some really great support, you know, from a lot of the you know a lot of the 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 the, the big guys at IPMS, but. It's really, it unfortunately, been a seat of your pants experience, and uh, we're anxious. And a couple of the guys, like Mike and and, and Len, we're really anxious to to help the guys coming after us, you know, make their job a little bit easier. And I, and I think if we do that, maybe we'll see, you know, more interest in putting on shows in areas that maybe haven't done a show yet. And not only that, with the, you, you form a group, you get a discount at the mental hospital. <laughs> Yeah, the, we're going to be uh, we're going to be starting a competition on basket weaving. Yeah, there you go, Macaro- macaroni pictures. Exactly, and <laughs> and the best designed bathroom robe that we can come up with. There you go. <laughs> well, well, how's your committed volunteer numbers stacking up? You know, with, with the volunteers, is, and we talked about this during our last you know uh, uh, meeting. You know, that's been the only thing that's been that keeps me up at night and. But lately, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of people writing in, volunteering, and they're putting their time on, their name on paper. And, um, you know, I, I think we're going to be okay. You know, we're a small club. We don't have, you know, a, a, a tremendous membership, and we're really the only club in town. So, um, you know, we had nobody to really to rely upon except people out there, you know, mem- IPMS members, you know, throughout the United States to step up and, and, and take a swing at the bat. So uh, I, I think we're going to be okay, and we can always use more help, that's for sure. There's plenty of jobs to do. Um, you know, like the, the big thing is my, uh, uh, my security guy, uh, Jay Bergen, who's, uh, he's in need of, of, of security people. So anybody who's interested, go on the website, you know, go on to the volunteer page and, and consider volunteering. I know uh, Jay can use a lot of people, as with all our other department heads. Is there anyone else who needs some help that you could you could solicit volunteers for? Well, you know the the guy who probably needs the most help are is are going to be our registration staff. You know our t- the guys that sell the t shirts and whatnot, our general admission. I I really can't pin it down to any particular area. We just we're in need of bodies. You know because it's um you can't expect you know like my key guys. I can't expect them to keep them at the desk for nine hours no. a day for, you know, for four days, they got to give them a break. They got to go to the show too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Bob, let me give you a tip. Manacles. 
you chain, them to the, you chain them to the table. They're there for the nine hours. There you go. We're going to take that suggestion and see if I can come up with them. All right. <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to be okay. We're looking at a great show. Good. Fantastic. Well, Bob, we are really looking forward to it. We've had a lot of fun promoting this show. And uh, I, I just can't wait to be sitting there in the vendor room and have you come by and uh, give us the uh, give us the commentary from the first day of the show. Uh, I'll be there, guys. I can't wait to meet you guys. Again, you've been fantastic. I feel like we're old friends. Uh, it, it'll be real nice to you know put a, a face to the voice that I've become so familiar with. Uh, I mean, not only you know have you been have I been on your show now twice, but I listen to you guys constantly, and it's like having two old friends in my model room with me. We're looking forward to to uh, meeting in the meat space, as the kid as the kids say today. Oh, absolutely! I can't wait to meet you guys and everybody else. And there's so many names I couldn't even name them all. You know that have been in touch in the last couple of months. That it's going to be a lot of fun, actually. You know, uh, putting a face with the name. Lastly, we've we've got a great seminar show going. So if if anybody hasn't visited the um, uh, the website to see who's coming, I got some incredible talent in the seminar room. Yes, you do. So, um, you know, by all means, you know, get there, get there first. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be great. And again, thanks a lot, you guys, for, for plugging away all this time through some dark days. You are welcome. And it's, it's been a great fun on our part. And we're we can't wait. Can we, yep. Dave? Not not in the least. Yeah, we're excited. Too. We will we put on a good show. Next time we talk, we will be talking in person. I wow. Can't look can't forward wait. to it. That's going to be a blast. All right, Bob. Well, thanks again for coming on the show one more time and giving us the the last bi- last bit of skinny on the show. And uh, we've had fun promoting it. And we wish you all the success. And we're going to come out there to Vegas and watch it happen. Thank yeah. you very much, Mike. Thank you, Dave. And again, you know, you guys have been fantastic. And we'll see you guys soon out here in, in Nevada. And don't say sweaty Nevada. We don't. There's no perspiration in Nevada. That's right. <laughs> it evaporates immediately. It's an incredibly dry heat. Yes. All right. Well, hopefully we'll we'll experience that as well. Yeah, you'll have a good time. By the by the pool. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Mike, uh, what's your bench top been looking like? Uh it's not been getting a lot of activity. It's it's shameful, Dave. <laughs> well, I imagine that a lot of that has to do with a combination of summer, a new car that needed some work because we've all seen your one-to-one scale modeling that you've been doing, and the fact that Vegas is coming up, and so you're you're spending your time getting organized to go to the Nats. I am. I, I've really not done much except virtual modeling in the, since the last episode. That's that's pretty sad. Well, you'll, you'll get back to it. You will come back from the Nationals. You will be so fired up and inspired. I am telling you, you're going to knock out two or three kits. For the end of the year? Yes. I guess so. We'll see what happens. Well, hopefully you can pick up the slack here and then give our listeners something, some, some update. Well, uh, I can pick up the slack a little bit. Again, I was on vacation. No modeling occurs during vacation, but some proto modeling or modeling adjacent work got done. But I have also actually made a little progress on the TU-128. Uh, I have the Edward photo etch set for the interior and I've started to work on that. Uh, uh, I'm also anticipating receiving some resin injection seats 
to replace the injection seats or the ejector seats that the trumpeter kit comes with because those things look like they were meant for a 48 scale modeler they're they're super out of scale so i've i've done that uh i haven't made any progress on the mosquito or the m30 both of those are basically on hold until we get back from the nationals i i have made some progress now my only downside is that due to forces beyond my control, my model room has become a little bit disorganized, and uh, I'm I'm afraid critical mess has has again occurred. So I'm going to between now and the nationals try and put some organization back into it. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I need to get some work done. Maybe this weekend. Not the car yeah. is fixed. Yes. Now that the now that the wheel bearing is fixed. Well, just because we're not modeling doesn't mean people are trying to release new kits for us. Yes, that's right. You, so it's time for faves and yawns. You got a you got a fave over the last two weeks? Yes, I do. And God, I've hi. My name is David. I'm a decalholic. Hi, Dave. I I have a problem. I honest to God, I have a serious problem. Given the rate that I build, the number of decal sheets that I own is embarrassing. Worse yet, new sheets are being released, and when they are, or when they're announced, I'm like, oh, I got to have that. Well, Furball Aero Designs, which is a decal company, has announced the release of two sheets, one for the F6F Hellcat, and one for the FM2 Wildcat, the Arma kit. And they're both sheets of uh, planes painted up in overall uh, glossy blue with the geometric markings on them that differentiated the different aircraft based on the aircraft carrier that they were that they were assigned to. I love the geometric markings. I want these decal sheets. I have... Seriously, it's sad. Somebody needs to stage an intervention at this point. But I'm I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get them. I, I want them. I love them. That's what it is. What draws you to that scheme, those schemes, though? Well, it was just such an interesting idea that the, that the U.S. Navy had so many carriers that in order for aircraft to di- be differentiated by carrier – they needed to come up with a particular special marking that that identified carrier to aircraft. And the idea of what they came up with with these geometric markings is really pretty intelligent, pretty pretty brilliant. It was actually fairly short-lived. Because the war ended. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just, I like them. I like all the variations and... Uh, you know, uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that painting everything glossy blue certainly has a certain attraction for me in that, you know, a one color paint scheme, you can get more models finished. That's true. I guess you can. You can. Mike, uh, you got a favor, Yon? You know, after I finished that uh, little Airfix Bofors and Morris tractor, I, I've kind of had a, an eye out there for another small scale project. Yay. And armor, not aircraft. That's okay. SG modeling out of Russia has got a lot of uh upgrades and accessories, different turrets and things for 
Soviet tanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, some kind of cool stuff. It's it's worth checking out. It's, a lot of it's it's tempting. They had a, it was on scale mates. There was a couple of uh, yes KV ones KV one turrets early, early ones. Yes, ca- ca- kind of cool. But uh, that that one kind of caught my eye. So we'll see see if that turns into anything or not. That's my well, first good. one. Yeah, well, you, got good. An- you got another one? Absolutely, I do. We were well served. We in the modeling seventy second scale modeling community were well served by Hasegawa when they released a P3 Orion kit, which they've upgraded over the years. And the P3 was the the U.S. anti-submarine aircraft for a long, long time. Well, it's slowly being replaced by the P-8 Poseidon, which is an aircraft based on the uh, 737 airliner airframe. A company called BPK, Big Plane Kits, which has released a number of of 72nd scale 737s, uh, has announced a P-8 Poseidon, the the U.S. Navy's new anti-submarine aircraft, uh, and we've needed a kit of it because it's in service not only with the U.S., I think the Australians have it, and uh, maybe some other countries. I'm not 100% sure. So we needed a P-8 kit, and I'm glad to see somebody stepping up and producing a P-8. We'll have to look that one up. Is it wind blind, or has it got a unique fuselage? Uh, it, it's It's got a kind of unique fuselage. It's based on the, oh, God, which version is 737? It might be the 800. I can't remember. but. It's got a bunch of of unique, um, you know, Navy only uh, modifications, but the basic fuselage and wings are standard seven thirty seven equipment. Uh, the wings, I think, are seven thirty seven nine hundreds. The fuselage is, uh, oh God, I can't remember which version. But again, it's it's really nice that we are getting a kit, 72nd scale kit of the U.S. Navy's current anti-submarine warfare aircraft because we needed that. You got another one? I do. Voyager's been on a tear with their PE releases here in the last month or so for for 35th scale armor. How, how have they tempted you now? Uh, it's just a general comment. I don't know that anything in there has really caught my eye. It's just, it's just the sheer number that have come out. In the last, uh, well, if you've been on Scalemates, you, you've seen them. Just a lot of them. I've, I've, I have to be honest. I've not used any of their sets. I've got a few, and they're 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 really nicely done. And uh, I don't know. There's probably something in there that interests me. I'll have to see. Well, my my final one is another fave. Uh, Starfighter decals has released a a decal sheet of P forty Bs, Cs, and Gs in. Army Air Corps service. And these are markings for aircraft. Uh, one of them was one of the aircraft at Pearl Harbor. Uh, some of them are pre-World War II, I mean, right right before the war. And, and the P-40 is one of my favorite aircraft. And uh, I've used Starfighter decals in the past, and they are fantastic. So again, there's there's kind of a decal theme here. It's another decal sheet I want. Sad, sad though that may be. 
You got a favor, a yawn? I got a yawn. Okay. All right. We need at least one yawn. I got no yawns. I think you do have a yawn. <laughs> I do? <laughs> I'll remind you. Okay. Uh, my yawn is Dragon has released a LP gas version of the Panther tank. Why? Did they actually do that? It's on the other side of the napkin from some of those Luftwaffe planes that other company gotcha. makes. Um, probably they did, but uh, I don't know what's happened to Dragon. I mean, all these companies, have, I don't know if all their talent has gotten sucked up by all these new companies. And they just don't have the wherewithal to, to kick out anything new and yeah. subs- and substantive. But, man, they're on a serious drought at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You you think they're kind of living on their reputation and their catalog? I don't Have they got a reputation they can live on? Well, you know what I mean. They at least. <laughs> on their legacy? Yeah. Right. At one time, they were manufacturing a lot of stuff. I don't know what's up with them. Uh, if anybody knows, I'd be glad to listen on that conversation. Let it, let us know. Yeah. They, they've, they've seeded their, their, what was, was dominance for a long time as far as, you know, scope of releases and general, general quality level that they, they've got their, their quirks and their bad instructions that everybody pans them for, but uh, sure. they put out a lot of stuff that had never been done before. And to the nth degree, I mean, look how many Sturmgeschutz kits they have or, or Panzer three kits they have. T-34s. It goes on and on, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even think it's a new kit. It may be. Yeah. But that's like, really? That's their announcement this month is an LP gas Panther tank? Okay, remind me. What is my yawn? Uh, There's a new paint line. Oh, God, I forgot that. (laughs) Mike and I I have been convinced that Apparently, once once a week, a new paint line gets announced. Um, now we we've we've joked about it, but frankly, honest to God, it seems like it's true. And uh, the uh, like a week or two ago, ICM, the kit company ICM, who makes some really nice kits, announced a, I think it was Soviet tank paint line, um, a paint set. And I'm unclear if the they're ICM branded, but I am unclear if they are actually ICM produced paints or they're re rebranding uh, AK or somebody else. But you know, at this point, I got to say, guys, stop. We we have enough paint choices. We really do. I'm not sure that we can improve on what we've got. And my gosh, we don't need another line. Oh, man, we're going to do Mojo Color. Mojo Color. Okay. I am here, listeners, I am here to swear to you, we will never release our own paint line. You you can write it down right now. It's not going to happen. And we're going to have a weathering line, too, called Mojo Nasty. <laughs> Mojo. God. It's going to focus. We're going to have special dry brushing paint that's completely different than regular enamel paint, right? Or oil paint. It has half as much thinner in it. Half as much thinner. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, that's all my faves and yawns, Dave. That's mine, too. I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork in me. Well, keeping up with the uh, Nats kickoff theme of, of, of this uh, episode, we don't really have a special segment tonight, but uh, 
our, our last little bit of, uh, of Nat's warm up is a, is a quick conversation we had with the guys at the plastic posse podcast, Scott and company joined us for, for a few minutes of, uh, of conversation because, uh, we're all looking forward to meeting each other face to face at the national convention and spending some time with each other and just hanging out being a dorky modelers. Yes. And, uh, we actually hung out for a couple of hours. We only recorded about 20 minutes of it. Well, we did because a lot of that wasn't family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great bunch of guys and, uh, just have a listen and enjoy. And, uh, that's going to be our special segment tonight. So we are all looking forward to, to meeting each other at the nationals. And, uh, this was a small taste of things to come. Dave, we got that. We got the nationals coming up, and one of the things we've always talked about on Plastic Model and Mojo is is all these people we've gotten to meet over the last year and change. And not only these are our individual modelers, but a lot of podcasts have come on on the scene since we started. And we've got a great community, and we've got some of those guys with us tonight who are going to be at the nationals with us. Uh, we've got the uh, fine gentleman from uh, the Plastic Posse podcast, Scott and Company. How you guys doing tonight? Good, good. thanks. Thanks for having so us. So good, thanks. Fantastic. Introduce yourself, guys, real quick, because it's possible that two people out there have not heard your podcast. <laughs> um, Scott Gentry, um, the posse was my crazy idea, and these guys were too dumb to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that. I'm Doug. Um, Scott asked me to do this, and I I thought he was crazy. Uh, but here we are a year later, and we're glad to be joining you guys tonight. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Yeah, yeah John Manani, um, you know, Scott has my internet search history, so I have no <laughs> other option than to be here. So here I am. And no, in all seriousness, uh, super happy to be here. Really excited to talk to you guys about something special and look forward to the conversation we have. And John, by the way, is running for second vice president. If you're an IPMS USA national member, please vote for him. The ballot is in your latest journal, and you'll be able to vote for him in person if you go to the uh, nationals in Las Vegas. Thanks for that, Dave. You're welcome. And last and certainly least is uh, me, TJ. Hey, TJ. TJ. I don't have anything fancy to say. He's completed a, a kit since we started this episode. He so. probably has. <laughs> yeah. John, you're the only one who's actually ever been to the National Convention, if, if I'm not mistaken, based on what I've heard on your show. The rest of you, we're all excited because we, we've made all these friends over the last year from our podcast and including you guys. It's going to be great to finally sit down across a, a bar table or a restaurant table with you guys and just shoot the crap and uh, get to know you get to know you face to face because um, I've got some hobbies in addition to modeling, I'm a military collector and I've made friends all over the world who I've, I've actually never met face to face. And it's just going to be really cool to, uh, to finally meet everybody. What do you guys think? Yeah, we were really, really excited. Same thing just to, to get to meet you guys. Um, yeah, we've been over the last year, you know, getting to know you guys. Well, you guys were really terrific with us when we started. Um, and honestly, it's been, really great to be a part of this podcast community where we're really trying to create, um, you know, an inclusive fun area for people to listen about the hobby that we all love. And so, yeah, the idea of being able to get together in person and meet you guys and, you know, have a drink with you is going to, it's going to be a blast. Plus John every day tells us how amazing it's going to be. So, Oh, listen, I've been to 25 nationals, 25. And I still remember my first one. 
there is something, no matter how many nationals you attend, there is something magical about your first national. It's literally you all cannot imagine. If you've been to regional shows, even big regional shows, you think you've seen something. The sensory overload that takes place at a national is unbelievable. And and I'll tell you, I'm jealous of it. I'm jealous of you going through that experience for the first time because you will never forget it. Yeah, it's it is something special, Dave. And and you know, I'd like to just, you know, echo kind of what Mike talked about where, you know, you're you're meeting friends that you've corresponded with online and I think most importantly when you walk away from the event, you'll have those lifelong friends and then also memories. You know, I I, I don't think I've been to twenty five, but I I bet I've been to almost twenty because uh, I've been going since I was a little kid, but I honestly remember every show. Um, yes. Everyone has a specific memory, uh, whether it's a person or even a model on the table. I think that's what we haven't talked about is some of the work that you will see there will leave a lasting impression on you. And it's something to inspire to. There, there is something that you, you will experience two feelings at the exact same time. You'll look at these models that are so good and you will feel, A, I am not worthy. I could never do something like that. And at the exact same moment, you will experience, I can't wait to get back to the bench and try that technique or try to replicate that or do something. It is the, the funnest four days of my year every year. And I come back every single time inspired. And I end up sitting down at the bench and ripping kits after a national because it just gets the the mojo going like nothing else look all i have to say is this better be as good as you guys are saying i know, oh, I know. You're really pissed <laughs> off dude, know, dude, dude we are underselling it i am yeah. here to tell I you i hope you are man oh no <laughs> I, it is it is among other things, it is the world's greatest traveling hobby shop. That's true. Combined with some of the best modelers you've ever seen in your life. And I'm here to tell you, with the advent of the internet, we all see great models online. We see builds. We see YouTubes. We see whatever. There is nothing like seeing it in person. And not only that, getting to meet the guy who built it and said, and say, man, I followed your build on the, on the internet. I'm really impressed. How did you do this? And I hate to admit this, but modelers as a whole are really pretty great people. And very few of them that you meet won't sit there and share 15 or 20 minutes with you if you ask them, how did you do this? Or what did you do here? Or it's, it's a gathering of some of the best modelers you've ever met. And all of them are, are almost all of them are willing to share. In fact, they want to be asked because they've spent all that time in the basement alone doing that. They're proud of their work and they'll be happy to tell you what they did. So don't cry, Dave. I'm, listen, I'm, shit. <laughs> I'm telling I mean, you, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, it's, it's the four days of the year that I look forward to the most when yes. it comes to the hobby. There's nothing, there's nothing that matches it. And, you know, we, 
you know, Dave had a great point about the show, but, you know, I'd also like to emphasize the after show, you know, every day when the vendor room closes, when the, you know, when, when you have that moment to really get to know your friends in the hobby, it's, it's something special. Uh, you, you know, you get to know them. You, like you said, we've sat here virtually. I've never met Scott, TJ and, and Doug in person and, you know, Dave and Mike, I know we've walked past each other, but I've never had the chance to, you know, shake your hands, but you know, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And, you know, I think what, you know, other instances at the show when you're with your buddies and then you go into the contest room after kind of everything's closed. My favorite shows are when the contest room is open 24-7. I don't think it's that way in Vegas. I think it is open late into the evening. So, you know, you go out, you have dinner, you come back to the show. Uh, and usually, you know, I, I love to just stroll through the model room of the stuff that's been entered. And I'll yep. go with my friends and we'll go through and we'll just say, hey, what did you see today? Hey, check this out. Check that out. And, and that's what I love. One of the best times ever is, is doing that uh, in the contest hall. Well, I understand TJ's concern, I guess, because he's, he's one of us who have to get in the big aluminum tube to get there. So uh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's not a cheap thing, I guess. Oh, the, it's worth every penny, TJ, trust me. And, <laughs> and uh, let, me, let me echo what John said. One of the best th- – now, you can go and you're not – go alone, not go with somebody – but in general, you've interacted with people and even if online and even if you went alone and nobody from your club went or whatever, you'll strike up friendships. One of the great things is inevitably when you're talking 3000 plus models, somebody will see a model that you haven't seen and they'll say, man, did you see this? Especially I'm an aircraft guy. So when I'm at a national and Mike or Terry Hill or Rich Gittig, friends of ours from the club, say, man, you, you need to see this because this is special. This is something this is something special that I don't have an appreciation of because I'm not an armor modeler. That and the opportunity to interact with guys that you only interact with online. That one time a year you can sit down across from them with a, with a beer or two, or maybe three, and, <laughs> and interact with them. And, and then once you've done that in person, you go back home and your interactions online with them are different because of the fact that you've gotten to meet them in person. Yeah, no, I, I I would just echo that, Dave, where I find myself in the contest hall not – I'm an armor modeler, obviously, but I don't find myself attracted to that table the most. It's more ships, aircraft, you know, everything that I don't build, that's yes. where I find myself because yeah. you'll see work there that is next level, like you said, inspiring uh, the moment that you see it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always hearken back to like John Voitek's F-15 or BT oh. Bomber. I mean, these things are gorgeous. The, I mean, Lockheed Martin probably says, you know, that looks better than the aircraft coming off the factory line. Yeah. Um, so, that you know, <laughs> things like that, you'll see these special moments, these special pieces, you know, then they'll be on the cover of, you know, Fine Scale or, or yep. Air Modeler. And you'll be like, it looks awesome in print, but let me tell you, it looks even better in person. Yes. Well, Doug, what are you hoping for? I am just looking forward to seeing some great kids and meeting some great people. Um, being, I call myself an aircraft and sci-fi guy, but these these bozos have got me into armor the last few uh, few weeks. I just, I'm looking forward to seeing what guys are doing with tanks. To be honest, and uh, maybe some some perfect grade falcons would be fun to see. 
because well, I've got one of those see. on my it's what I've got on my bench that's going to be a long term uh, build. But uh, but uh, I, I'm really excited about that. Doug, I will tell you one of the things that you you may particularly enjoy is that the space and sci-fi categories of IPMS USA's national contest have exploded with Gundam, with, with all of this stuff coming out of Japan with the, with the fine molds kits, with the, you know, Star Trek stuff, the Mandalorian stuff. It is amazing. I mean, how much fantasy sci-fi Gundam stuff is out there now. And it is amazing to look at because one of the things that they, that those modelers are is super inventive. They really, they push the boundaries and, and pushing the boundaries is how you get really great models. Oh yeah. I can't wait to see them. We're all traveling some distance to get there. Uh, a couple of you guys get to drive. That's not fair. I know. <laughs> Who, who's bringing something to enter? Everybody? I'll bring something. I'm not sure what yet, but something's going. We can't, Even- we can't hear you raise your hand. <laughs> I'm trying. I think I'm going to take, I bet I'm going to try to take six or seven. You know, with armor, it's easy. Uh, so I'll stack them right next to each other in a carry on. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'll try to take six or seven at least. My only piece of advice if you're flying is. Tell when you're when you're putting things on the the X-ray feeder to go into the X-ray machine. Tell the TSA agent what it is, but actually say to him, "Listen, I'm going to a model contest. <laughs> this is a, this is a model, and op- even open up the lid and show them." In general, I've had nothing but good luck with that. They're interested. They're amazed if you tell them ahead of time. You don't get the guy who turns the box sideways. My only piece of advice in that regard. Tell the TSA agents they're not real tanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, going to the show is always uh, interesting. But coming home, I remember in Phoenix, you know, I, I t- on Sunday, the, TSA knows what's going on on right. Sunday because everybody's going through. Uh, and going home is never an issue, to be honest. Yes. It's, it's like you said, going because they've all, they're like, oh, well, this is, you know, the, the 400th you know, airplane I've seen go through an x-ray today. So obviously there's something going on in town. Yeah. Going out from the convention site, they've seen it all, but going from your home site, you may be the only modeler transporting a model to that contest. So it's unusual, but going out, be sure to show. I'll jinx myself probably and my stuff will get destroyed on the way, but I think I've, (laughs) you know, I've flown like I think five times and I've even taken the L in Chicago with my kids uh, you know, knock on wood here, uh, the, you know, I've always had very understanding people and, and, and just, you know, respectful people. So, uh, you know, I, I think as long as you put, I always see, you know, clear totes, you know, those clear yes. totes are the best thing. Yep. I have fragile stickers on mine and, uh, I'm always, you know, I, I always like to talk to people about it too. So if they have questions open and honest and I always end things with sir or ma'am and that seems to help too. So it does. And John, <laughs> if, if you've been on the L in Chicago, that means you attended the, um, the contest with the elephant and the, um, I forget what religion it was that was having that thing at the 2001 Nationals. So I didn't go to that, Nats. The oh. All in Chicago was for World Expo. Oh, I okay. missed the 01 Nats. I've missed a, it's a, 
Oh, one I thought was Virginia Beach, Dave. No, he's sixty. Okay. <laughs> okay, don't, I, I think I remember it because I took West Junior. Though. Sorry, humble brag. Oh. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just, that's good. My bad. Hang on, I've got. Now you're going to make me go get the get the pins. Hold on. For people that can't see this, uh, JB was just given the double deuce there. So he's going to get a beer. Let's not kid ourselves. There's no pins involved. Well, TJ, are you flying? I assume. Are you taking anything? Oh, yeah, yeah of course. All that, all that magnificence you've been showing everybody. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But, oh, I do. Um, yeah, I. I've TJ, been, I, TJ's hired a Sherpa in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have a whole, uh, you know, a whole other uh, luggage just for my my completed models, a full size luggage. Yeah, well, of now, course. I, then you've got to have an extra luggage to bring all the awards back, right? Yeah, that I definitely don't know, but yeah, I'm going to bring, uh, it's probably like six or seven, same as JB, I'm going to, as much as I can shove into a clear tote safely. Well, I look forward to seeing it because uh, you've had some uh, real bang up, bang up jobs you've been oh, showing. Thank you. Yeah, I, you're welcome. The, the, the one thing that I definitely want to bring is the Crusader. That's, oh, that's the favorite. one I was thinking of, actually. Yeah, I love yeah. that build. And I like your uh, captured Stug, too. That one I think is going to come too because I right. also hey. I also love that one. Two for Those two. two for sure, and then uh, of course I got to bring the T thirty four from our group build. Yeah, I want to see the uh, the mutant vacuum cleaner or whatever Scott calls it. You need to enter that in sci fi. <laughs> Seriously, uh, bring it. Not. Oh come yeah. on, man! Just, Seriously, bring it. I just want to prove at sixty years old that I have not. You're right. You're right. I have not lost it. You're right. That is the 2001 <laughs> Chicago oh, pin. You're oh, right. Man. I'm sorry. O two was O two was Virginia Beach. O two was three was Oklahoma City. Yes, it was. Oh man, I'm, my bad. My bad. <laughs> R.I.P. I'll, I'll buy you a drink in Vegas. I've got a collection of all the Nationals pins, and then down here is all the Amps pins. Nice. Yes. You need to get one back out in Denver area. So when I move out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna be lobbying to the hilt to get us a mile high show again. Well, I'll stay at JB's house. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 break out the you know the the ten pounds of pork shoulder for everybody. Scott, you and Doug are driving, right? Yeah, I'll be driving. So uh, how how full is that trunk gonna be? Well, I'm not going to be entering anything. I had a big sci-fi project I was hoping to finish, but uh, my decal guy bailed on me. But I am bringing, um, like the other guys, my T3485 for our group build, so I'll have a display model there. Big advantage of driving is not going there. It's coming back. Yeah. You can fill your, you know, I'm limited to one suitcase full of stuff that I bought in the vendor room. If you've driven by car, sky's the limit. Absolutely. It's got a big trunk. We thought ahead. <laughs> Good. I think TJ and I both agree that you still should bring something to enter. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? You have to represent, man. That's right. That's right. You, you would think something that's being considered for a published article would be worthy of a show convention table spot. Yes, absolutely. Well, no? I'm not... A- Okay, let let me lobby two minutes for everybody to bring something. Hang on, I got to pee. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You go to the show, you go to the... One of the great things about going to the show is seeing all the great modelers, or all the great models. You know what? If, If 
you're getting the enjoyment from those people having made the effort to bring what they've what they've built. Forget awards. Who cares about awards? It's nice if you get one, but who cares? You know, they've brought and put something on the table for you to enjoy. It's worth going ahead and bringing something so that you can participate and share as well. Just don't don't care about the damn awards. The awards are meaningless. Oh, yeah. 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 Agreed. Well, Doug, what are you going to do? Oh, probably just going to go look, but I don't know. What? I could be. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I haven't entered a contest. Last time I entered a contest, it was a regional, and I it was a bad experience, and only because uh, it was it was some attitudes at the show, some things that happened. It just turned me off of of entering shows. And, and so. I com- and I completely understand that. But go and don't care. Just literally put it on the table, not even considering that it's an entered kit. That you are just going to put it on the table to share because other people are sharing with you. I just, I, it's it's. In fact, if you you all all know Jim Bates, if you talk with Jim, uh, they have a show up in Seattle that is display only. Yeah, and he is convinced that that is the way to go. Now, I don't think it would work at a nationals, but if you go take a look, I don't know if any of you have been to Scale Model World in the UK. The competition is a much smaller part of their show. Whereas display and particularly club displays are a much bigger part. So I'm not, while I, I don't think we could pull it off here in the U.S., I'm not utterly unsympathetic to Jim's point about the display only aspect of a show, if you could do that. Yeah, I, I love, you know, just to echo that, I, I do love that, you know, with Telford and, the display feature, you know, I haven't personally gone, but some people from our club go every other year. Yeah. And, you know, there's thousands on display only. And then their competition, like you said, is very small. Where at the IPMS Nationals, it's, uh, you know, it's completely backwards and exponentially greater. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's the American conquerors mentality, but it's it's something that is is ingrained with maybe our society. And it is transferred over a little bit into this, sh- not a little bit, it is the show. Yes. And it's, it's, it's hard to even... Th- even bring up a, a conversation around changing the way models are brought to the show and, and kind of maybe relieving that competition aspect of it. It's very hard. I will say some of the clubs recently have done a fantastic job with display only Chattanooga, Mike Moore I yes. have to give a shout out to them. You know, that was probably the first show where I saw significant uh, growth in display only models. And what I really liked about that is they were at the front of the show. Yeah, you know, usually display models, they put them on the outside. No one ever really gets to see them. But at that show, they did it right. They had it right when you walked in, and it was the first thing that greeted yes, you. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, really, I really thought that was they, – they nailed that. And, and I would love to see it carried through to other shows. Because- Listen, I have been lobbying Mike from the moment that Chattanooga ended for them to do another show because I agree with you. Between the fact that they had no banquet, they had a happy hour, between the fact that they had significant displays and they put them up front, there was so much of that show that was done right. And you're right, Mike Mike himself deserves a lot of that credit. 
he now he would spread the the yeah the team of course right he, and that's the way Mike is but uh, now he says that his wife has threatened to divorce him if he ever does it again and I I kind of feel bad <laughs> about possibly breaking up marital harmony but I <laughs> but I am lobbying but you're willing to risk it <laughs> Chattanooga somebody else's. Yeah, Chattanooga is only about three and a half, four hours away from me. So I do have some selfish motivation there. I will admit that. So I got a question for you, Mike and Dave. All right. How much money are you bringing? What, 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 should we be prepared? what should the newbies be prepared for in the vendor room in terms of uh, their, fiscal, their fiscal requirements? Okay. <laughs> or, or our happy marriages. What are we going to do? Happy marriages. <laughs> my, my wife has never listened to our podcast. I do not want to take a chance that she might listen to this one. But here's my advice to you. Go over your personal finances <laughs> and set a budget. And set and do not walk into the model room or I mean the vendor room Wednesday afternoon or early Thursday morning and just start shucking out bucks because you'll be you'll have gone through your budget by about twelve thirty on Thursday <laughs> <laughs> and there is nothing worse on Saturday when some guys are blowing some stuff out to not have the money to to make some deals but. Uh, Whatever whatever your financial wherewithal is, um, bring it and enjoy. And again, go through the vendor room the first time and just look at everything. Don't buy anything. Just look at everything. And then you've got to start setting priorities. See, I'm not that disciplined. I just start spending. John, neither neither am I. I'm giving. <laughs> this is, do as this I do, not as I do as I say, not as I not do. Right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying to give you advice. I'm not saying that I follow that advice. I, I try to keep the commas out of my my hobby budget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit that a comma has creeped in before, but rarely. Now, we have certain members of our club who, when they go to the Nationals, the comma is not an issue. <laughs> Usually, well, it, it's a space limitation at that point. Yeah. Well, guys, we really look forward to meeting you face-to-face, and we're going to have this fun in person. Uh, I just think it's going to be a great time. I'm, unfortunately, it sounds like we're, we're going to be all masked up at the show, but... Uh, Whatever, man. At least we're there. And gentlemen, I will be buying each of you a beer if you show up in Las Vegas. As Coke Zero for that. Scott. Root, root beer, maybe. But, but I, I am looking forward to meeting all of you in person. And I will tell you, one of the greatest parts of the, sh- of the Nationals is 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. The vendor room's closed. The model room's closed. And you're sitting around the bar with guys that you interact with regularly that you may see once a year and you're having the time of your life. Modelers are the same the world over and it's, it's an awesome time. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well guys, safe travels to all of you. Yes. We'll, we'll see you Thursday morning for breakfast. Is that right? Yep. For sure. Looking forward to it. Yep. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. It's been fun. Ab- 
Absolutely, guys. Yeah, Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks thank for having us. Mike, we're about at the end of the episode. Uh, you got a shout out or two? I've got one shout out for this episode. Give me the shout out. I want to shout out Jadar Models out of Poland. Oh, my. Is there a particular reason why? Uh, I ordered the twin turret version of the 7TP from them and the three sets that I talked about in the What Broke Our Wallet section last uh, last episode. Stuff showed up pretty quick from Poland. Uh, they answered all my questions. I just It's a really good business. If you're looking for stuff out of Poland, particularly the part photo etch, yeah, uh, that stuff's hard to get. You can get it on eBay sometimes, but if you really want to dig into that catalog and, and get get some of those sets, uh, Jadar is going to be your best avenue to do that. And they are great sets. Uh, they're great sets, and they it's a great business. So Jadar, I don't know if you're listening or not, but if you are, you got a great you got a great supplier business, great hobby business. Keep it up. I'll keep ordering. Yep, absolutely. Well, my shout out, Mike, uh, is related to uh, my recent vacation. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Mark Sprayberry uh, down there in Pensacola Beach. Um, Mark's a listener. In addition, uh, he's a uh, figure painter. And also, uh, he and a fellow modeler have become the owners of Sabo Miniatures, which is a company that was previously run by Brett Avance. And he's he he's dip he and his partner are dipping their feet into the business side of the hobby. And uh, when I met uh, Mark uh, while I was on vacation, uh, we had a long talk. And uh, part of what we talked about is, you know, what kind of effect getting into the business side of the hobby will have on your hobby side of the hobby. So. Uh, we talked about it, and uh, I think down the road we're going to have a conversation with Mark and his partner to have a discussion about what they what they've experienced coming into the business side of the hobby. So hopefully down the road we'll be able to do that. And uh, you know, I want to give them a shout out for for reaching out to me and uh, uh, coming to meet me on the on the vacation. It was great. It was fantastic. Well, I got a couple of guys in East Tennessee I need to I need to hook up with uh, next time I'm down there and have a little modeling conversation. But in regards to Mark, uh, he's going to be at the Nationals unless something changes between right. now and then for him. And uh, Mark, come by, have a little table time, a little mic yes. time at the table. We'll 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 do that at the at the Nationals, and then uh, yeah, we're going to get him and him back on to talk a little more in depth about what he's doing. Sounds fantastic. Mike, uh, I think we've come to the end of the episode, so uh, until we get together at the Nationals, you know what they say, so many kids. So little time, Dave, and I will see you in Las Vegas. Darn straight, man. Take care. You too, man.